What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Knicks Take Podcast, episode 13, with all of the emotion I can muster. I am your host, Joshua Focus, alongside my co-host, French, the man who just doesn't understand. That's it. <laughs> I don't understand. No, next time we... Next time we go to the playoffs, yo, we're we going to have to talk about <laughs> what you're going to call yourself. But I just don't understand, bro. How do we mm-hmm. win nine straight and then lose two home playoff games, one being a closeout game? I don't understand, bro. I just don't understand. 41 wins. I mean... I mean, there are reasons. But before we get into that, this is episode 13. We're a weekly podcast. The Knicks Take Podcast is a weekly podcast. You can find us every Sunday. Eh, usually we're going to try and release it on mornings. This episode is going to probably get released pretty late, probably late evening on Sunday. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can find us on Instagram, The Knicks Take. Facebook.com slash Nick's Take Media. YouTube at Nick's Take Videos. And I guess we're going to get into it. So, as French stated, Nick's have indeed been knocked out of the playoff race by the Atlanta Hawks. So Closed us out in game five at home. At taking game one at home. You got to emphasize that. At at home. Swept us at their home in Atlanta. Swept. And we're going to get into that. First, before we get into that, we're going to try and maintain some semblance of... uh, We're going to try and be a little on point and just keep everything together, organized. Keep some semblance of organization together. We're going to start with a little playoff recap because what uh, what goes on outside of the Knicks in the league is probably going to affect us one way or another, and we'll talk about that at the end. Almost all of the series in the playoffs are currently, in the first round, are currently done. Jazz beat the Grizzlies 4-1. I don't think me and French have anything extra to say mm-hmm. about that. John Morant got as many victories well, in the playoffs. After you finish the recap, we can did. speak. Well, we'll speak in depth about certain yeah. things about it, but yeah, in terms of the playoffs themselves, we don't have much to say. Ja, ja got as much playoff victories, but every matchup, R.J. Barrett in in this year. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Every matchup, what? Every matchup in the Western Conference. Every game that I'm watching, I can't watch like. Just as a basketball fan, everything is just tied to the Knicks for me. So when you're talking about the Utah Jazz, I don't look at the Utah Jazz. I'm thinking about Donovan Mitchell and how before the season started, all the rumors about him wanting out of Utah and wanting to come to New York. And I'm just thinking, what if? Mm. And I'm watching Donovan Mitchell look like D-Wade out there in the playoffs while 
after, right, like right after watching Julius Randle, look how he looked in the playoffs. And I'm just sitting here like, and then on the other side, we got the guy who was drafted right before RJ Barrett. Along with a few players from this last draft class, Desmond Bain, who a lot of Knicks wanted. It's a lot of Knicks DNA going on through, well, not DNA, but just, just, just spoiled grapes, I should say. When you look at the Denver series, Denver, when you think about <laughs> the 2014 draft in the second round, when the Knicks drafted Cleanthony early, and then four picks later is Nikola Jokic. <laughs> and then you're watching this game as a Knicks fan, watching Nikola Jokic just look like he's playing basketball and flip-flops out there, doing Euro steps, shooting threes, and Clay Anthony Early's not even in the NBA. <laughs> it just touched me a little bit, you know what I'm saying? The uh, neck, and then on the yeah, other side of that, about this, yeah, Portland. We looking at Damian Lillard, who's keep getting linked to the Knicks. Trade rumors. This might hit, be his last year in Portland. So now I'm just looking at Dame Lillard, mm-hmm. prob like losing this series. He's not looking so great, but he's having incredible games. Where it's just like, damn, <laughs> if we could get this guy. On a Knicks, with like I don't know what the limit is going to be. Like the sky is going to be the limit, but you don't want to get your hopes up after watching KD and Kyrie go to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And you could just go through this with every team in the Western Conference so far, in my opinion. I'm watching this game with Knicks eyes, and it's just like it's not fun. <laughs> so, Jazz beat the Grizzlies four-one. Mm-hmm. Suns beat the Lakers. And got LeBron and AD out of here in six games, 4-2. Did you speak on the the, the Knicks connection for the Suns Lakers? For Chris Paul? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that's what it was. I mean, we spoke on that before on this podcast, so I didn't think I had to re-bring yep. it up. But we spoke in I depth mean, about can, what Chris can, Paul yeah. on this Knicks team would have looked like this season. We would have, we We would definitely still be playing in the playoffs today. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't really care about and that we because got... we already knew that this we, we're not winning no championship no time soon, so I'm not in no rush. Right. It's just hard to think about sometimes. Denver Nuggets knocked out Portland Trail Blazers 4-2. I, we already spoke on the Knicks connection, and we're going to talk about that later. And Clippers versus the Mavericks. The Obvi. Obvi connection there. That that is the only playoff series still going on from the first round. All the other playoff series are all complete. Clippers managed to take Dallas to Game Seven, which will be played tomorrow, and should already be over by the time this podcast has released. Do you have a prediction, French? Clippers. Wait, you talking about Clippers Mavs, right? My bad. I Correct. dazed off a little bit. The Clippers, I feel like, is going to take that series. I think uh, Luca's neck injury, he has a, a strained, a, something, a, some type of neck strain. I forgot what it is, but 
I don't know if he's going to be able to just look like Luke in Game 7 when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is locked in and they, they're not trying to hear all the, the same jokes that they was hearing last summer after the bubble. And I feel like they, they motivated to, to, to win this series, especially now that LeBron and the Lakers are out. So the Clippers actually, they locked in on Luka in Game 6. That, that injury, that's been there since what game two game three because luke i think missed a game or two because of his injury right came back for game five went crazy took them took the clippers to game six and then Kawhi and them basically locked in on him and said yeah no we're gonna make the other team the other teammates beat you we're gonna make sure that you don't can't do nothing yeah tim hardaway gonna have to be and basically not just Tim Hardaway, but the guy who's supposed to be Robin, Chris Stapps Porzingis, has to step up and play. Because I think Chris Stapps had what, like <laughs> seven points in game game six. No, no. Let me actually bring it up because I looked at the, I looked at this before we started recording, and I looked at his stat line and I said, "This is the dude that y'all spent however much money on." And I'm gonna look up his contract too. Don't don't think I'm not petty. I'm gonna look up his contract. Seven points, five rebounds, three assists. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> in how many minutes? In. It's not like he came out the game early. In 31 minutes. He, he shot seven shots to get seven points. And that's all he contributed in 31 minutes of play. I'm going to let that sit. <laughs> And he's supposed to be the superstar that one <laughs> minutes. I have his contract here. I was I was just letting it sit. Current contract, Chris Tapps yeah. Porzingis signed a five year one hundred and fifty eight million two hundred and fifty three thousand dollar contract with the Dallas Mavericks, including the whole thing guaranteed. The average salary, $31,650,600 every year. He's averaging $31 million a year to score seven points in the playoffs in 30 minutes. Which was supposed to be a closeout game for them to get them shipped Yo, up I, to the second Chris round. Chris Stapps used to, be, used to be that guy for me. I used to, I, Chris Stapps used to be that guy for me. He used to. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, some of y'all was like, "Yo, the Knicks got fleeced in that trade." And if we did, it's not because of Chris Stapps; it's because of Tim Hardaway Jr. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bring up Tim Hardaway. I don't see any like. All right. Tim Hardaway's been doing this in my eyes. Like I've always seen him as a high level scorer. He just mm-hmm. would take stupid shots because he would look at himself as a star on the team can- when he shouldn't have. But he's always been capable he's of scoring. He's, he's always hot, been. He can hit it. Right, and it doesn't take much to get him hot. So if you got a number one option like Luca, and they forget that Tim Hardaway's on the court, you can see him go off for thirty points, forty points if you if you need him to. He's done it for the Knicks. I don't know why everyone's surprised. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it right there. 
I'm going to just leave it right there. KP stunk it up. Tim Hardaway Jr. is stepping up. And Tim Hardaway is going to be a free agent while Chris Stapps Porzingis is going to still be earning 30 mil for another few years. You see him walking? So that's it for the Western Conference. You see him mm-hmm. walking? Tim Hardaway? I don't know. Depends on depends on how much he wants the bread. But we'll we'll get back to that. Eastern Conference, 76ers washed the Wizards mm-hmm. 4-1. Brooklyn Nets washed the Celtics 4-1. Milwaukee Bucks, as we said in the last pod, swept the Miami Heat, which leaves the only team, our team, the New York Knicks versus the Atlanta Hawks, which we already announced earlier in this podcast. They lost the series 4-1. You got, mm-hmm. you got anything before we lead into game four? You got anything you want? Let's go straight into it. Talk about. I don't want to talk about nothing else. Some technical difficulties again, but we're gonna get through this. Game four. <laughs> That's coordination right there. <clears throat> For those who can't how- see, me and my brother just popped. Well, he popped a beer. And I had a bottle of water, and we just took a shot to game four. Continue. I don't know how much I want to get into game four. Actually, I'm going to lay the scene. And if you want to get into game four, I'll let you. I didn't get a chance to really watch game four. I was at work. And... By the time I got out of work, mm-hmm. we was already getting blown out. Checked the, checked the scores, checked the stats. I saw Julius Randle put up a better effort in game four than he had in the first three games. Mm-hmm. I saw R.J. Barrett put up a better effort in game four than he did in the first three games. Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose didn't put up as strong of an effort, but still put up a decent effort. And nobody else gave us anything really. So it was it was, it was a tough game. We were lights out. <laughs> well, not lights out, but we we were pretty much in it in the first quarter. The, at the end of the first quarter, we were only down one. Second quarter, we were pretty much still in it going into halftime. Forty nine fifty three was the score for going into halftime. And then in the third quarter, they just started to build the lead, and we've never been able to catch up since. It was pretty much they had control from the third quarter on to – well, I can't even say they had control from the third quarter. They had control from the basically first quarter to the end of the game. But it was out of reach from the third quarter to game six. <laughs> like, I wish we went to fucking game six. It was just bad, bro. It was bad. We lost both games in Atlanta. It wasn't nothing much to, to, to really dwell on. Obi Toppin played well, just like how he did in, in New York in the first two games. But Julius Randle still led the team in minutes. And it was just it, it was just a tough, 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 tough game to watch. After the third quarter. 
So I'm looking at the stats and I see that Obi Toppin played 18 minutes and had 13 points. Mm-hmm. 19 minutes. It says here. He went five for eight. One for three from three, which is I. Right. Three rebounds, one assist. A lot of his points came in garbage time, though, when the game was already decided. I did get to see the garbage time. Yeah. And I don't think he scored that much points in garbage time. But if he did, he did. Doesn't matter because Frank got some burn. And Kevin Knox got some playoff action. That's how you know it was wasn't even a game by that time by the time these guys came out but i was really trying to i was really pulling out obi Toppin's stats compare it to the 35 minutes 23 points seven for 19 shooting two for four from three seven for nine from the free throw 10 rebounds seven assists two steals five turnovers from julius randall if you look at that whole stat line, outside of the five turnovers and the seven for 19 shooting, it wasn't really a bad Julius Randle game. He got <clears throat> 20 points for the first time all series. Right, it, 23. It, just, it wasn't a great Julius Randle performance or an even pedestrian Julius Randle performance, if you want to say it. Was it. three it was, assists away from a triple-double. It was a below-average Julius Randle performance from what I remember. What about R.J. Barrett? Because I still haven't gotten a chance to go back and watch this game because life life, life is funny like that and doesn't really give me much time. But Well, R.J., when you look at the stat sheet, it looks a lot better. It looks than, great. It looks a lot points. better than what you remember. Like, you see he did – like you see he scored all these points, but it's just like yeah, outside of one moment where he did a spin pass into the corner and Derrick Rose hits a three. It just didn't really feel like RJ was there for most okay. of the game. Like you would see him on the court, but you wouldn't really feel his presence outside of a few uh times he scored. At least for me. I mean the most times most times during the season when RJ Barrett makes his presence felt, it's it, you can't you don't really feel RJ Barrett's presence in a regular season game unless he takes over a quarter like he has done with the three point three pointers or by orchestrating the offense or by just taking it to the rim, mm-hmm. which he hardly does. He hardly does that last one. But those are the those are the only times that RJ Barrett you normally he stands out in a game, but even when he's have even if he doesn't stand out, he'll usually have a good game. Five rebounds, four assists, somewhere between fifteen to nineteen points on decent efficiency. So it doesn't really surprise me to hear you say that. He just couldn't have a bad game. And I want to go back and watch to see if there was anything that I thought he could have done better. Mm -hmm. But overall, it looked like Julius, RJ, and D. Rose did what they were supposed to do. And Reggie Bullock once again got thirty plus minutes and did absolutely nothing. He tried. <laughs> I don't know what's when trying about these... taking four shots and making none of them. But well, if he 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 probably just saw he didn't have it that night and was trying to pass. But when you watch when you watch these games, you just see Reggie Bullock really cared a lot, but he just wasn't able to perform to the ability that he 
I think they all cared a lot. He just wasn't as talented as the other team. I think they all cared a lot. I, it's yeah. just it's, and but it, it kind of angers like, me even more to say that because it's like I I think you all care. So why the fuck are you doing what you're doing? Like he held trade. It makes no nine. sense. He's, he held trade to four for fourteen from three, nine for twenty one from the field. But he's like Trey Young still somehow scores twenty seven points and nine assists. Like he did, Reggie Bullock tried all he could do, but I mean that. I mean, he, I his don't purpose really... of being there was defense, which I don't and really I, understand. And I'm skip. I'm skipping some stuff because of the technical difficulties, and I'm just trying to get through Game Four because Game Four for me really wasn't. It's forgettable. I mean, I, Game Four was the game that we felt like we needed to have, and we went into Game Four and we didn't get it. And we got blown out by however many points, so many points that they, we put Frank in for multiple minutes and not just for a defensive possession. And Kevin Knox got some burn. And like that, that just says it all. We lost that game 113 to 96. And it was really, yeah, it was. Let's move on. Last right. podcast, remember I said whoever wins this next game is going to win the series. You did say that. <laughs> now look, series is over. Shit is crazy. Shit is crazy. Oh, I, I did want to. I, I gotta stop I did saying wanna, so much. I did. I did. I did want to point out that the key players in the loss: Reggie Bullock, zero for four, one turnover in 33, 33 minutes. Alec Burks, four for twelve in twenty-five minutes. Emmanuel quickly, zero for three in thirteen minutes. You can't win a playoff series when. Your bench guys who have been the best, some of the best players on your team, combined for four for 15 in a combined 38 minutes. You started playing tight. The moment was too much. I'm tired of that too, but we, let's move on. Like I don't think I have anything else to say about game four especially because I didn't watch most of it and I didn't get a chance to go back to it. Let's go to game five. Now, before we started recording, you said game four and game five is the same thing pretty much. And I guess because I didn't get a chance to really watch much of game four, I can't really dispute that. Well, when you think about what we just said in game four, when you, Think about what happened in game five. It was a close game pretty much in the first quarter, right? Hold on. Don't go, don't get into the game yet. All right, my bad. Because we have to – we had to set it up. Because it was a lot going into game five. Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of chit-chat. A lot going in game five. Knicks were down 3-1. Coming back to the Garden from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Clint Capella decides that he wants to talk said that the Knicks are the Knicks got here on some so-called toughness, but we're tough too. But the difference is that we are tough and we win. Hold on, let me pull up his quote. Because this is just gonna piss me off. The fact that he got that off and the Knicks did what they did. You wanna know what that quote told me? What to tell you? A lot of people say vacation weird. 
<laughs> I didn't hear it. I just read it. I didn't want to hear it after I read it. I think he said vacation or some somebody some analyst was saying vacation. I'm like, yo, why does everybody have a different way to say the same word in English? But let me stop getting off topic. Anyway, Clint Capella is he's who's Clint Capella? <laughs> in the what grand scheme of these in the grand scheme of this series, he hasn't really he's had an impact. I should stop being disrespectful. He's had an impact on the series on Julius Randle more than anyone else. But outside of that, he's just been getting a lot of rebounds and playing the Andre Drummond role with good defense. But he's not one of the main scoring options on his team, and he's not one of the guys that you think about (laughs) when you think of Atlanta being scary, I don't think. At least in my opinion. So it's just, I don't, I don't, the, the role players talking crazy, like the star players. I don't. I don't really. I mean, pay no it's only the. That. I mean, you say it like the. I mean, you could call Capella a star player. I guess like the the only stars in in this series were Trey Young and Julius Randle. Clint Capella was. The backbone, I guess, of the Atlanta Hawks defense and their offense, actually. He was basically like, like, like if not, you know, Trey Young isn't as big of a threat as he is without Clint Capella being on the court on offense. So, but let me let me get back to his words. He said, we could push guys around, too. We could talk shit as well. So what are you going to do about it? Oh, and we can get a win with it. So what you going to do about it? I feel like if they were really physical, I think we'd have more problems than what we have. Now, we're coming to your home to win this game again and send you on vacation. How do you let this man say all that he says? I don't care if you lose the game, honestly, because if they're the better team, then they're the better team. And at least you go out there and you show what you show, right? You show you show that this is this is we're giving it all we got, we're doing all we can. We're gonna come in supremely focused. We're gonna out hustle you. We're gonna out tough you. And whatever this better team is, whoever is the better team at the end of the game is gonna be the better team. If I was a gambling man, I was gonna put all my money on the next one in that game. After hearing that, and then RJ responding, "Oh, he—they not—they not worried about what Clint Capella got to say." He laughed, chuckled, "Oh, we're gonna win this game. We ain't going on vacation." They was doing a lot of that. It was RJ, first of all, because yeah. uh, I'm not gonna put that on Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose said, "I'm not gonna talk shit." I'm, 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 you know, thirty years old, whatever, thirty however years old. I ain't talk shit before. I ain't gonna talk shit now because Clint Capella said something. They all Julius Randle said, "I don't care." The only person who really kind of reacted to that was R.J. Barrett, which kind of set him up. Set him up to he needed to have a big game to back up what he said, and he didn't have a big game. I'm not mad at it. Because he's 20 years old and he didn't have a bad game. 
He had an inefficient game, but he didn't have a bad game. It was a pedestrian game. It wasn't an RJ game. He had 17 points, 5 for 14, 2 for 6 from 3, 5 for 6 from the free throw line, which means that he, you know, he was producing fouls, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 turnover, 1 block. Filled up the stat sheet like he normally does on a normal night. He didn't take over. He didn't do that. Like there was a game where he had the third quarter. He couldn't miss a three. He didn't have that. He had what? Like he had a game where he had what? Six threes in the quarter or some sh- like, like he didn't, that didn't happen. RJ usually has something like that in his bag to where he stands out and he didn't stand out in this game. But he provided more than every other player on his team. I felt like, and that's saying like a lot to me. And not in a good way. Well, I think uh, – I don't know if I would say that. I would say that Emmanuel quickly came and and he changed the tone of the game when he came in in the first and second half. No, 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 no. He had one moment in this game. In the third quarter when the Boo Birds came out, they were booing in Madison Square Garden because we was looking so garbage and trash. And – he came into the game, hit two quick threes, and then it was quiet after that. The fourth quarter came. Trey Young took control back over the game. Well, the guys that every is- fan was asking to see came onto the court, and it didn't change anything. The Hawks were just a better team. The only player that didn't play was Frank, that everyone wanted to see. But we can't blame Alfred Payton for being the reason why we were losing because but he didn't never- play in the last three games. But you could never. It was never about blaming Alfred Payton, and that's what I keep. That's what I've tried to say all series. It's like the first game, I didn't blame him for the loss. I didn't blame him for the loss. I said that if you that was a game that you needed to win, and you can't you can't sacrifice minutes playing a guy who's been playing like trash for however long, and you still feeding him minutes. That those minutes you could have found a way to gain an extra two or three points that would either give you the tie or the lead. But it's not his fault that he's out there. It's not his fault he's signed to the Knicks. It's not his fault that he gets started. It's just, it is what it is. The coach, for whatever reason, made the decision he made. But at the end of the day, the rest of the team still has to step up if you want to win the game. Julius Randle, Julius Randle has to step up. If you want to win the game, and I think Julie, and when I watched this game, Julius Randle looked like he cared he was on offense. On offense, he was trying too hard. He, he was, was forcing everything. He was thinking too much. I don't even think. I don't even want to say he was trying too hard because I. It, there was. If you want to know one part about this game that pissed me the fuck off. It was the lockup because you're thinking too much. Everybody on this team, including Derrick Rose, had at least one moment where they locked up instead of just pulling the trigger or instead of just making a choice and making a decision or making a pass or getting the rebound. Atlanta had Julius. And I, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear that. That's, that's what it is. They had him on I, Smash. No, because it, it's not true. It's not that they mean? had him on Smash. It's not that they had him on Smash. Atlanta was locked the fuck up in the first quarter. 
Do you know, did you happen to like, were you paying attention to the stats of what Atlanta, how they badly they were shooting in that first quarter? Yeah. And they, I also saw how badly Julius Randle was shooting in the first quarter. And why was Julius Randle shooting so bad in the first quarter? They because it wasn't. They had him taking stupid shots out of his element. He wasn't feeling comfortable. They didn't let him get comfortable at all on the court. Did you watch watch this game on MSG or TNT? MSG. I ain't watching TNT. Okay. I know you were. As long as Mike Breen is on MSG, I'll watch. If they got Kenny Albert, I'll go to ESPN to sign. The reason why I watched it on TNT is because it was the last time Marv Albert was going to commentate on a Knicks game in his career. And Marv Albert is legendary commentator, especially for the Knicks. So I said, I'm going to record the MSG, but I'm going to watch the Marv Albert. That's what I did for game one. Right? The reason I asked is because at halftime, you know how... Kenny the Jet Smith runs to the screen, shows mm-hmm. this is why, this is why this this is this is the difference between the, the, the win and the loss and all that. Yep. I don't know if it, I know MSG be doing the same thing except without all the fucking theatrics that Kenny the yeah. Jet be doing, right? Wall. But he basically went to that screen and he said, This is why the Knicks are losing. There are good shots and there are bad shots. And he pointed out a Julius and you and there are there are bad shots that even if they go win, it's still a bad shot. Yep. And there are good shots that if you take them, even if you miss, it's a good shot. I want you to keep taking those shots. And I knew exactly what what shots he was going to show when he, he ran to the screen and started talking about bad shots. I said, if he's talking about Julius Randle, I know exactly what shots he's going to show. And they were not shots that Atlanta Hawks forced him into. You know what it was? It was passes to Julius Randle where when he gets the ball, he's wide open. And what he does, oh, should I shoot? Should I pass? Should I shoot? Should I drive? And the defense in the two, in the one and a half seconds that it takes for them to get set, that's all the time it took for him to make a decision. And then instead of just pulling up from three, he tried to drive. He lost the ball in one play. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Do you know why that is? Why what is? Why when he's open, he's hesitating to shoot and thinking, oh, should I shoot or should I drive? You know why he's doing that, right? Because he's not used to being open. Every time he's shoot, there's a, a hand in his face so that so much so that when he is open, he's like, oh, I wasn't even expecting to be open. I was expecting to drive. I'm going to still drive anyway just because I didn't take the shot. And then he drives wow. into three players, and then he gets blocked, and he takes a stupid shot, tries to pass cross court, and turns the ball over. Like, that's what happened. They have him on Smash so much so that even when he's open, he plays like he's still being guarded because he hasn't had an opportunity to be comfortable on the court yet. I, I thought that you paid attention to Julius Randle all year. He's been comfortable this year. I've seen him get comfortable. When was he not comfortable at the three-point line in this entire series? At the three-point line, I'm asking. Because this is where he got – Where this is where he's – every time he gets the ball, it's either inside of the three-point line from long two or it's outside 
three-point line. Do when he gets the ball, wait, wait, listen, listen to what I'm saying. And I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, do you know what he's shooting from three this series? Right. I get that. But the open three is still the easier shot than to drive into the lane where he's getting locked up, according to you, according to according to what everybody tells me. When Julius Randle gets into the when he does the drive, Atlanta plays the best defense on him and causes him to miss. Right. That's what you're telling me right now. That's what everybody's saying. So then if you get in the ball at the three point line and that's the place where you get in there giving you the shot, what is there to think about? It's not, I get the ball. Oh, I'm open. No, you've been open the whole fucking series. No, he has not. From three? He hasn't no. been open? No. Hold He's on. not been open from three the whole series. Okay. He's been open, wide open in moments throughout the series. If he was open from three, he'd be shooting a lot more threes. He was open from three in game five, correct? How many threes did he shoot? He shot he sh- every time he was open from three, he shot it when he was no longer open, which is my point. That that is the point I'm making. He didn't shoot. I'm gonna wait for that car to pass. All right. He didn't shoot. He didn't shoot open shots, not because Atlanta wasn't giving him open shots. He wasn't shooting open shots because he thought himself into a contested three. I'm not going to be too hard on Julius. It's his first time in the no, playoffs. No, 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 no. Listen. First time as a number one option is in the playoffs. Listen, you have to be hard on Julius. Why? And you can't say I'm not going to be hard on Julius because you know what? Last season, we were hard on Julius and he came back better than ever. Yes. Yeah, so but that, you have that to tell you a you, lot. But you no, it does tell me a lot. It should tell you that he's going to come back next year even better in the playoffs again because that's who he is. That's who he is as well, a person. Let's as a not. Player. Listen, we, we, don't, can, we can. We, we can, can. We can't be surprised every year and keep making the same mistake and doubting this person every year. I've who said I doubted enough. him? Who said I doubted him? I'm just saying. If we're gonna, we're just criticize talking about. Him, we're we just understand talking. that he's making errors, but I also understand that he's going to look at that film of him in the playoffs. He's going to understand where he. Struggled that he's gonna work on that in the offseason. He's gonna come back better. Listen, he doesn't he doesn't need he doesn't need the cape, sir. He doesn't need the cape. He doesn't he doesn't need the cape. Speaking reality. He doesn't need the cape, is what I'm telling you. Right? You can we can cut we can criticize Julius Randle for the things that he did wrong. And let me say we need to criticize him for what he did wrong because apparently he listens to the criticisms and it forces him to go back and work on his game. So we don't need to be soft on him. We don't because he welcomes this. And I'll get back to that too. I don't know why it's taking me so long to do this, but I am trying to look up the Julius Randle stats from this playoff series. I'm going to start with his regular season numbers, actually. All right. I got his playoff stats up. <clears throat> Are you in the tracking? I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm in basketball reference. Okay. All right. And it just shows all his playoff series stats. So I'm on NBA.com, right? Yeah. Julius Randle, we all know he shot terribly in the playoffs. But I'm looking right now at his regular season stats, right? When the closest defender is within zero to two feet, he shot 37 and a half from the field. When it was a two when it was a two-pointer, he shot 43%. When it's a three-pointer, he usually he always missed. 
and he barely took that shot. I'm looking at wide open and open, right? When Julius Randle in the regular season is wide open and open, overall, he's a 42.4% field goal shooter. From when he's open and when he's wide open, he's 40% overall. That's because he takes a lot of long twos, and that's because he shoots threes. He does, he's, he hasn't really gotten into the basket. Let me just double-check myself and make sure I'm not saying something stupid. So, yes. So, 43% of his shots are pull-ups, which is not, you know, if you're a good pull-up shooter, you shoot it. 24% of his shots in the regular season, catch and shoot. 30% of his shots were with, from less than 10 feet, and then he had 2.4% or other. So, the majority of his shots are pull-ups. 30% of his shots are from less than 10 feet. This is all regular season. Now, when I go to playoffs, 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 <laughs> when he was open, he shot 29%. 29.7% when he was open. On what, twos? Overall. Four to, when the defender was four to six feet away from him, he shot 29.7% field from the field. He shot better when the, when the defender was on him than when he was open. He shot 33% when he was wide open. Once again, he shot better in the... I think he had one field goal attempt when a defender was, was, was on him. And in that one field goal attempt, or he averaged one field goal attempt. He averaged one field goal attempt in the game. And he averaged 40%. He took more shots when he was wide open. Barely. 1.8. 1.8 attempts when he was wide open per game. Wide, very wide open. And shot worse. When he was open. Open. The defender is four to six feet away. He averaged 7.4 attempts a game when he was open and made 29.7%. If that doesn't scream to you that he was in his own head and not that Atlanta was like, got like, it wasn't, it wasn't Atlanta that was in his head. It's him. Cause when he's open and when he's wide open, he's still shooting, shooting a third of a, He's shooting a third or worse. Why can't he's making a third or worse? I'm not saying that Atlanta didn't play him good. They did. But as I indicated with his regular season numbers, with his regular season numbers, like he came back from last year getting, we wanted to trade him for a bag of chips. He had to block dudes on Twitter. He had to, he, and I'm getting into something that I said I was going to get into later, but obviously since we lost game five, Dudes have been questioning Julius Randle. Knicks fans have been questioning Julius Randle. My homeboy said, he is who we thought he was. He is who we thought he was. Gotta relax. He's not ready for the moment. The lights got to him. Lights got to him. The bright lights got to him. Blah, blah, blah. Right? This is what he says to me. 
And I said, well, I do think that the moment did get to him. Yeah, I think the playoffs did get to him. But I don't I, I struggle to kind of explain what I why what he was saying, what I'm saying is different. French, me and you know. If a player comes into this town and signs to be the number one player on this team and plays as poorly as Julius Randle did last season and gets bashed the way that Julius Randle did last season, you don't come back and have a season like you did this year. Do you you agree with that, right? 100%. You don't come back and... Be most improved player. You don't come back and play like a leader. You don't come back and start doing triple doubles, getting the most triple doubles in franchise history. You don't step up to the challenge of what everybody said about you last year. In fact, you might even ask for a trade after how badly we were killing him last year if you don't have that kind of heart to play in New York. My theory is that's what happened with Alfred Payton. (laughs) (laughs) He he quit on the team, and that's what flamed us out in the playoffs. But if you're Julius Randle, you don't you it's not that oh playoffs fans oh, oh god I'm scared did it brick that's not what happened it's not what happened what happened was we got into playoff mode he's like all right I gotta lock down I gotta I gotta hit my shots I gotta play D I gotta do this I gotta do that I gotta put the shoulder the, the team on my shoulders I gotta I can't miss these shots I can't miss these free throws I gotta get the rebounds I gotta do the passes I gotta do this all right all right now I'm gonna fake him out I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do... and then you talk yourself into that you need to hit the shots and you miss them that's what I think happened Julius Randle got in his own head because he knew how important the moment was. The moment didn't break him. He broke himself because of the moment. So, and he was trying to say, yeah, Julius Randle averaged like nine points a game. Actually, no, he averaged like 12 points a game. I'm like, how could he do that if he scored like 12, at least 12 to 15 points in the first three and scored 23 points in the last two? So you obviously wasn't paying attention. He's scoring. He's scoring inefficiently, but he was still scoring in these last two games. You didn't even know he scored 23 points in the last game. 18 and 10 through the series. Didn't even realize he's averaged 10 rebounds in the series. So hey, did he did he not show up the way that we needed him to? Yeah, I'll give you that. He didn't. Oh, he I'm didn't sorry. do it. Not 10, 11 rebounds per game. 11.6. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because I knew he averaged 12 points, 12 rebounds, excuse me. He averaged 12 rebounds in the first two games. Then mm-hmm. so it done, it, I already knew, I already knew that his rebounds was up there. It was he's averaged more rebounds in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. Yeah. It's less games, though. He averaged less assists and then probably averaged more turnovers but we're not going to talk about that i julius randall thought too much he because he knew and 4.6 turnovers because he knew my bad go ahead now that was it i just wanted to point out four assists and 4.6 he averaged more assists and turnovers he averaged more assists and turnovers in the regular season he averaged more turnovers and assists in, in the playoffs and it wasn't because of the atlanta hawks defense because the atlanta hawks defense is not that good you're tripping bro 
It's not. It, listen, I'm not saying that when I say it's not that good. Throughout the regular boys, season, my, yeah. Hold on, stand by. I'm gonna get to it. My boy said, "Yeah, what happened to Julius Randle in the playoffs is what the Miami Heat did to Jeremy Lin." No, that's not true. It's not true. We know what Miami Heat did to Jeremy Lin. You had the best, one of the Miami Heat was one of the best defensive teams in the league, and you said you decided we're gonna make that guy play like trash. Atlanta Hawks' defense is not that good to say we're gonna make that guy play like trash. And you can do it because nice. because me and you both know that if Julius Randle is not in his own head, he's hitting thirty to he's hitting thirty eight to forty five percent every game, just like he did in the regular season. Yeah, go ahead. I'm yeah. The the Hawks weren't a great defensive team coming into the playoffs. They were a better one in the playoffs. Yeah, I'll give you that. A yeah. much a much improved defensive team in the playoffs when they got DeAndre Hunter back. Much Remember, I'm the one who was like, "Yo, Atlanta Hawk is going to be a tough out." I w- I said that, and then during like, the regular season, I was like, saying I that they were better than us. I didn't. I I didn't. I knew who we were playing. Did I think we could still win? Yes, but I knew that we were playing a team that had better players on their roster than us. But I thought we had the stronger identity, and we kind of chucked that identity into the fucking trash can from game one, and we never found it. We had more playoff experience on the roster too. Meant absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Derrick Rose had a few good games. Taj Gibson had a great few. I games. thought about. I Go thought ahead. about continuing with the beer, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna start hitting the liquor. Hold on. I'm gonna continue drinking my water. Atlanta to Julius Randle is not Miami to Jeremy Lin. First of all, Jeremy Lin as. I said on this podcast, I would love for Jeremy Lin to be a point guard on the Knicks, on this Knicks team for for this year. Jeremy Lin is probably not even the point guard that Julius Randle is, and Julius Randle is not a point guard. No argument there. So, if you put Julius Randle in that regular season against the Miami Heat, yeah, he's probably getting locked up. He's probably scoring like he did in this playoffs, but, but Jeremy Lin did worse than that. So it, it's, it's apples and oranges. Honestly, Atlanta's defense is good, much better than it was during the regular season. But I still don't think that their defense should be given as much credit as a lot of people are giving it. You should get credit. Yes. Give them credit. I will give Atlanta Hawks credit all day. Defense was good on point. They did. Nate McMillan did what he was supposed to do. He coached them. He gave them a good offense. He gave, he gave them defensive principles. He did a hell of a, a game plan against the Knicks. Clap it up to him. Do I think that Atlanta Hawks team defense is better than the New York Knicks defense? No, I don't. It was in the playoffs. Yeah, it was. But I, do I think that if the Knicks are playing the way that they play? Actually, I don't even know if I would give them that. Why not? Because they had better offensive talent, and the reason they won this series is because of their offensive talent. They had better defensive talent, too. They had Clint Capella, and we did not have Mitchell Robinson. Exactly. That's and all Nerland's I'll give no, you. Nerland's Noel was injured. 
Yeah, but that's all I'll give you is what I'm saying. Because DeAndre who else Hunter. on that? DeAndre Hunter and? Clint Capella is enough. What do you mean? That's enough defense for them to be a better defensive. They have more defensive talent than we have defensive talent. Which players outrank so we had, Clint so Capella Red, and DeAndre Hunter? All right. So that's two, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody else is, you would say, average to poor. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Reggie Bullock. Average to poor? Average to poor. And Reggie Bullock's average to poor defender? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't think you were going there. But I will disagree with you on that. RJ Barrett? He's an above average defender. Okay. Do you feel that about RJ and not Reggie? Okay. Yeah. Frank Nilakino, who did see minutes in this, I, I'll, so take, it I can, I'll take it back. So, I'll take it back. So, Reggie Bullock okay. is, yeah, he's above average. Thank you, Frank Nilakino, who did see minutes in in this, so I can include him. No, you can't. Yeah, I can. It's not. It's not our fault that our coach decided to only play him in five seconds a game. In but this he played entire him. series, he but, hasn't but, played more than six. Here's minutes. my here's my argument. Who would Nate McMillan put out there to? Uh, that is not DeAndre Hunter and Clint Capella. Who's he gonna throw out there to to fill that Frank role? I'm forgetting somebody too. Tony Snell, I think. What? Tony Snell is on the Hawks, but I don't think he played. <sighs> he did. He did, he did play a Kongu. Well, Kongu is not. I don't. I'm not giving you that. I'm not giving you Okongu. Why not? Because Okongu is rookie year Mitchell Robinson. Okongu gave us trouble on defense. Okongu himself protected protected the rim. Yeah. Yeah. Am I gonna say that? Am I gonna say that anytime Clint Capella was out, we we were looking for Okongu. Did Okongu make some blocks? Yeah. But we had a hell of a lot more success when Okongu was on the court than when Clint Capella was. Who was our what? protector? I understand what you're saying, but you're, that's not the ar- that's not the argument I no, made. No, 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 no. I'm just comparing I'm saying that. I'm saying that Okongu. I'm saying Okongu would still go into that average defender pos- role. Where I'm talking about, okay, we got guys who are average to above. We're talking about average to below defense, but defensively, right? Mm-hmm. I, Frank Frank is above average. I would say Reggie's above average. I would say RJ's above average. Julius Randle, when he tries, which I forgot to even mention that there were parts in this game where Julius Randle did not try defensively. And it's like, how the fuck can you not try defensively when you're in a closeout game at home? home. Which is another reason why I'm pissed off at this game. There's no part of this game that you shouldn't be giving your all which kind of contradicts something I said earlier about Julius Randle. But I think that he wasn't trying as hard as he was because he was thinking too much about what to do on defense. So maybe am I making excuses for him? I don't know. We'll find out next year when we get back to the playoffs. But Julius Randle can be above average defensively. This team was a top three defense for a reason. Atlanta was never, and even if they were fully healthy all year, they would never be a top three defense. The way that now hold on, let me. The, the main point that I was trying to argue was you said <clears throat> defensively they were better this this playoff series, and I disagreed with you because Atlanta's 
offensive talent was much better than ours. And we still shut them down for, for minutes at a time and for quarters at a time. Whereas our offense just was trash. Our offense was trash. When dudes is getting open threes and they're bricking, you 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 crediting the defense for that? No, I'm not crediting the defense for like like we gave we gave the guys that we wanted to get open threes because we know that they're probably going to miss. We wanted Gallo to shoot open threes. Why? Because Gallo is a bad three-point shooter in the playoffs. Yeah, but you We wanted half-court sets right now. Why are we ignoring all the times that they scored after they locked us up? There was a lot of fast break buckets this series. There was a lot of times where they just locked us up, got the steal, forced a bunch of turnovers, blocked shots. But the same thing is true for us. We a lot uh-huh. of times we got steal. A lot of times we got steals. We got we got fast break buckets and all that stuff. The difference is that their offense was much better than ours, and the difference is that because of their defense, our defense is was never consistent enough to make it not matter. Like that's the thing with our with the thing with our defense is that sometimes our defense lets up for a quarter, lets up for a half. But when we're on, we're on. You don't score for five to ten minutes. We've had stretches where you don't score for three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes. You're not scoring a point. Atlanta, Atlanta was isn't their defense ain't like that where they could say that. It's not. If we not scoring alive. for three, if we not scoring for three to four to five minutes, it's because we and, and we have evidence to prove this. It doesn't matter if you the Spurs or if you the Brooklyn Nets. Our offense will kill ourselves. It doesn't matter who's on the other end of the court or who's who's the like the Spurs is probably is a better defensive team than the Nets, but the Nets is a better team than the Spurs. It doesn't matter which team is on the court. You know who's stopping the Knicks? The Knicks. That's how it's been all year. The reason why our defense is so good is because we can lock you down because everybody is locked in, except for some reason during these playoffs when everybody was not locked in. I'm sorry. I went on a tangent. Go ahead. Too many eyes. Too many. Too much attention was on us. We were the underdogs the whole year, and then once we became the favorites, we didn't know how to act. Next year, we're going to learn from this. We're going to have a bunch of all the young guys that's in our rotation. They're going to learn from this. That's why I'm, after the game, after game five happened, I was – Going through all the emotions that you that you that you're saying right now, I'm watching I, everybody's reaction. Everybody I, on these out. I got more emotions. I need to. I, I told you this I, before. This you was like, this is just only two games. We're not going to talk that. I got a lot of emotions about this game five because game four and game five ain't the same. I don't care if the same emotions that they went through in game four is the same emotions they went through in game five. It's different because that's the elimination game at home. Get your shit off. And Clint Capella said, we're going to come to your house and send you on vacation, and you let him. Let him. He scored the opening points. Of the, of I the never want to see you in an elimination game have four players in the paint and have the Atlanta Hawks rush in and grab the rebound over you, which happened five to six times in the third quarter. Yeah, that pissed me off. I we almost didn't have a podcast because of how hard I slammed this laptop closed and I said, "Oh, sh- I, I gotta be, I gotta, I, I can't." Yeah, I was like, "Get the fucking rebound!" Close that shit. I was, I almost tossed the laptop. I was like, oh, "Wait, I can't. I need this." I, 
But you can't. We look I don't want to see that. Though. I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see Julius Randle. I'm gonna do a step back three now because you you because the time it took me to figure out whether I want to shoot this three, you came and now you're contesting the shot. So now I got to get you off me again. Derrick Rose hesitated in the first quarter. Shoot when he was he he said that he it, was coming. It was off hurt of injury. Yeah. I, you know, I, French. I I'm surprised at you. French. I'm surprised at you. The last podcast, you said if you're on the court, I don't want to hear. I want to right. hear that you hurt. I did. So don't give Derrick Rose, don't give Derrick Rose any slack, especially but when the, I'm talking about him. Especially when I'm talking about him not shooting an open three pointer and then throwing up some bullshit or turning over the ball. I don't remember what he did, but as soon as he passed up a op- wide open three, wide open to drive into the lane into some defense, you know I wanted to toss some shit. Listen. I don't care if you hurt because that's not injury. That you that you hesitating because you're scared you're gonna miss the shot. When it leave it all to, out on the court, man. When it comes to D Rose and injuries, I Ted, I, I I treat those situations differently because I can one hundred percent understand why D Rose isn't going a hundred percent after suffering. You don't need to go a hundred percent when you're wide open from three. Is what I'm telling you. Like if the if the Knicks that. if the Knicks if Julius Randle, Derrick Rose, and R.J. Barrett go out in game five in a loss, taking all of the best three-point shots because they were wide open and missing all of them, if we go out like that, I have nothing to say. If we lose corralling the rebound every time that we have four guys in the paint and the, and the Hawks miss because we can't shoot, I'm good with that. I'm not good with, I'm going to hesitate on this three, let the defense collapse, and now I have to take a more difficult shot because I took too long because I was thinking so hard when all we need to do is win the game. I'm not happy with us failing to get the rebound, not because we're not in position, but because everybody is just in their head so much that they forget to jump. Atlanta Hawks ain't forgetting. The Atlanta Hawks ain't forgetting to jump. They want to get us out of here. They wanted to send us on vacation. And guess what? You let them do it. You let them hold you at home. So now that I got all of that uh, off of my chest from game five. Now that you got all of that off your chest, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Because I view this in an, an entirely different lens, which isn't. That's pretty regular. A part of me going into the playoffs... A small part of me was kind of like, okay, we got the fourth seed. If we make it to the second round just to get beat by Philly, yeah, that'd be a really successful season. But I think that that would give this front office a reason to want to stick with this group more so than I would want to stick this group. Stick with this group. You understand what I'm saying? Not really, but not, but I understand what I understand what you're saying. But I'm gonna ex, I'm gonna explain why not really later. Let me finish. Okay. So the one bright spot that we get from watching this team collapse in five games in the first round against a lower seed in the Atlanta Hawks is that we all knew that this roster that we had wasn't the most amazing roster. 
Mm-hmm. But we love this roster because of what it brought, what it brought for us. And if they mm-hmm. took us to the second round, we would owe it to this roster to stick together and see what they can do next year because of the fact they got to the second round. And mm-hmm. I feel like there would be a lot of guys coming back on a few multi-year deals or maybe a two, three-year deal that we wouldn't be completely happy with. But now that we've lost in the first round, in five games, we know that there's no way that this roster can stick together to be a competitive team in the playoffs. So we need to make major upgrades in several areas. And it's going to force this front office to be a lot more aggressive because there's no going back from now. We set the groundworks this season. So now we have expectations for next year. There's no going backwards. So if we made it to the fourth seed this year with this roster, we need a team that's going to be able to get the fourth seed again or greater and find pieces that are going to help this team get more than just one win in the playoffs. How do you feel about that? Which, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I see exactly what you're saying, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to point out two things and I hate to do it because you're my brother and I love you. But of the two of us, you were the one who was like, bring everybody back. <laughs> so that that's why I was like, I mean, you can't say that. And then now be like, oh, but, you know, now we know. That's the Nick you, fan in me. You was like, bring everybody back before the playoffs. So that's the, the person that you're talking about. I was in love. About, the person that you was talking about was yourself. Where I was, and, and, But here's also where I disagree with you because. I disagree with you because I think that when we're talking, when you were talking, bring everybody back. I'm like, yeah, bring everybody back on the same contract, except for Alfred Payton. And then you, the same, the same holes that like, no matter what you feel about this series, we didn't have Mitch. Right. And depending on how you feel about Mitch, you either bring him back or you replace him. Right. Which, no matter what we were going to do, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what, we were either bringing him back or we were going to replace him. Alfred Payton, no matter what, we were going to bring him. We were not going to bring him back. Sorry. We're not, we weren't bringing back Alfred Payton. We, we need an upgrade. We knew that from Jump Street. We didn't need this playoff series to tell us that. And we needed a running mate for RJ and Julius. And that could either be at the point guard position. Preferably the point guard. Or that could be on the wing. Because we knew Reggie Bullock was not a starting wing. We knew that. We didn't need this playoffs to tell us that. Reggie's coming. No matter what happened in this playoff series, we were like, yo, bring back Reggie, bring back Alec Burks, bring back all these dudes, but still sign a wing. And still sign a point. And if we need a big, get a big. Otherwise, bring Mitch back. We was just nothing's changed, really. If you really think about it, nothing's changed. We could bring all these guys back, or we could bring none of them back. But they seem guys that we need in terms of okay, we need to come back and be four seed or five seed or or you know, third seed if something happens to one of the top three. Is the same things that we need to do. 
no matter what, no matter the same thing we need to do before game one and same thing we need to do after game five. All, all it did is solidify that fact. Nobody came out and was like, oh, maybe we don't need to do that. Nobody. Oh, oh maybe we don't need a point guard. Maybe quickly. That didn't happen. That was the only thing that could have changed in this playoffs. Somebody steps up to a point where it's like, we thought we needed a point guard. We thought we needed a wing. That didn't happen in this playoffs. With who? Oh, a Jace. Oh, stepped up. Oh, yeah. stepped up big in the playoffs. Yeah, but. And that's the best time that you did we really, to see someone did, step up. What, was it a question of whether we were going to look for a backup power forward? I don't think it was a question. I think Obi was always going to be. We were going to keep giving Obi chances until we saw that Obi can't fill that role. You can't say that. He was a rookie. Was I? Am I? Am I like the? Here's the thing that I've always said about Obi. I don't think Obi's going to start. I don't think Obi's going to start. You I don't think he's going. Obi wouldn't get no burn in the playoffs. He's not going to get no playoff minutes because those play minutes are going to be too important. When a playoff yeah, came, I did. He shined more but, than he ever did in the regular season, and that's what should be the most important part of but this I also, entire year. I also said that before he started getting. He started playing really, really good on the court. And then I kind of was like, yeah, I still kind of feel the same way because I don't know if this is just like a good stretch for him and then he's going to fall back. No, he he played well and he kept playing well and he started playing better. And in the playoffs, yeah, he was one of our most important players in the playoffs, even though we lost in five. And after every game, he continued working. He was back on the court. I still don't think he's going to be. I still don't think he's going to be a starter because I still think that he's supremely limited in what he's going to be able to do. But I also, I also said when I said that, I hope he proves me wrong, and I want him to prove me wrong. I want him to show me something to where I, where I, you know, whatever, and. He so far has in the playoffs because I said he hasn't done anything to affect wins and he hasn't, he didn't do anything to affect wins in any of the playoff games. But if everybody else had stepped up the way that they were supposed to, and that we expected them to, he would be able to say that in these playoff games because he did enough to help us win. Nobody else did was the problem. He's not Julius Randle. He's not that type of talent. He's yeah. not going to – and and that's the other thing. As long as he's a Nick and Julius Randle's a Nick, he's never going to supplant Julius Randle because I don't think that uh, – I just you don't think that he's – I just don't think that he's going to be able to do it. He, well, I don't why? think he's ever going to – I don't think he's ever going to have I, – I just think that Julius Randle has – his handle is not great, but his handle is good enough to where he could do the things he does. And I don't see Obi Toppin doing that at least for another – six years which he'll be 28 older than julius randall is now it's it's not easy to just go from being a you know rim running above the rim catching alley-oops due to doing what julius Randle. there's two different types of players completely he's not going to get it in one season or two so we got time he's a rookie I mean, you get, yes, he we got time, but he may you may need to package him for something else. You not don't got time to wait is what I that's what that's the you other thing I said. You don't wait. No, 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 you don't. You don't have time to wait. Why not? Some of these guys are trying to win now. 
Julius Randle's 20. Julius Randle's 26. You think he's going to be 32, 33, waiting on Obi Toppin to see if he's going to have a dribble to supplant him or to play next to him? Like, that's not going to happen. They got to prove that they can't even win they, with this they play this. They play the same position, point blank, period. No, 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 so, no, no. But listen to what I'm saying. Julius Randle can't do say none of that until he proves he can do something in the playoffs. So the time to win isn't now because we don't even have a team that's playoff ready. The team is going to decide the time is now because Julius Randle is an is a good enough talent that if you put pieces, star talent next to him, now you're talking about a contender, whereas oh, yeah. Obi Toppin is not. I don't see. No, that. no, you don't see what Julius Randle being the best player on the team. I didn't just don't put words in my mouth, sir. All right. But Julius Randle, surrounding Julius Randle with pieces, and that's what make them a contender. I don't. That's not that what either. I'm saying. I said st- you missed the word star talent. Put star talent next when you to say Julius Randle. Let's all right. So let's think about you're talking about like regular stars that are going to be obtainable for Obi Toppin, right? If we're going to be trading Obi Toppin away for star talent, we're not going to get a superstar. Let's just be frank. I'm not saying that you trade Obi Toppin by himself. But I'm saying that if you need to make a package, for instance, Damian Lillard, if you need to, it's not going to be Obi Toppin by himself, obviously, right? Obviously. If you have to, if you put Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly in a package with some picks for Damian Lillard next to Julius Randle, and then you sign another guy with whatever cap space you have, that's a contender. Because you still have RJ, and you maybe still have Mitch. That's a second-round team. That's not a contender. Okay, if you had just have Damian Lillard and Julius Randle, yes. But I, I think you missed the part where I said, and you use the cap space to get another star. Yeah, and yeah. That, that that's you could say that about every team with cap space. It's not guaranteed. We're not going to. What star? We're not there? talking about. We're but not you said, but, about, I'm, but I'm what not, I'm saying is because you, mm-hmm. you said when now, the time is now. The time is not now because of the fact that there's no players out there that's in the grasp that we can get that's going to help us get to a championship right now. And we don't even have a proven playoff team to even have conversations about championships. So that's why it's not urgent. There's time to develop these young guys to even French, see French, what they're going to become in the NBA. French, 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 French. I'm my, listening. My my poor, poor, naive younger brother. I'm listening. What proven playoff team was Brooklyn before they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? There's no Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in free agency, Jelani. Uh, just stop. We're not talking. You, you, when I say the time is now, you think I'm talking about this offseason. I'm not saying I'm not talking about this offseason. I'm talking about in the next. I said this in a previous podcast. When you have a good team and you have a guy who's emerged to be a top talent like Julius Randle did this season. And you want to keep guys together. Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Mitchell Robinson. Obi Toppin. If the, if you're talking about a core, you keep those guys together for usually it goes for at most four years to see what they can do. Now, 
that's not the core that you're going to use to win the championship. So now you have to figure out which pieces of this core. You, you're not keeping all five to make a championship, French. You're not. Why not? Because the chances of you already having five guys who are going to get you a ring through draft and a free agency and nothing else. Like the Warriors? The chances of that are extremely – yes. Because what other team is just like the Warriors? The Spurs. Which Spurs team? The last Spurs team that won a championship. Which was how long ago? That was that was less than ten years ago. You talking <laughs> you know, about super the, teams in, outside in, of super in, teams? The teams that win the championships are the ones that build from from the ground up. In in ten the years, Toronto Raptors. Had, in ten years, the Toronto Raptors had to had to swing a trade for Kawhi Leonard after right? proving themselves as a team. Then the Golden State Golden State won with completely homegrown talent. Yeah, c- completely homegrown talent. Without having to sign a max player, outside of Kawhi, one, one time, one time, and then they had to get KD after that, and that, and that's the thing. It's like the chances of having a team like Golden State and the Raptors, but the Raptors didn't do it without without having they to had a trade one of, trade, put like one person who wasn't homegrown, right? Everybody and else they, they drafted only- and got through trades. And they only won one time, and then that after that one time, their best player still left, and now they're out of the playoffs. But you like, just like, my point like, though. no, no, no. The point that you're making, you said, okay, you can have guys on a team can and have them grow together and still win a championship. You just yes, have to let can. them develop together. The Nuggets, yep. look at the Nuggets yep. right now. They're the best mm. team in the NBA. Are they going to the, the favorites? Ring? They're the favorites, in my opinion. Who's going to win the ring? We don't know. Harden just got injured today. Hurt his hamstring. You think KD and Kyrie is enough to win a championship alone? Who are the teams that won the ring the majority of the time over the past 20 years? It's the teams that have... The dynasties. Yes. It's the teams who got the LeBrons, the Dwayne Wades, and then they have a tertiary star. And how many teams have we seen try to become dynasties? Kevin Durant. They have the Kyrie Irvings. They have, like, the most time... Before this season, this is going to be the first season in however many years that Steph Curry and LeBron James are not in the finals. That that should tell you something. It so tell it's going to be, and if and it if Kyrie, really good. and if Kyrie, I'm sorry, not Kyrie, if Kawhi gets bounced out in this in the first round, it's going to be the, it's going to be the first time that a player not named Kawhi, LeBron. Or Steph Curry is going to win the ring, and I don't know how long, because they're all, and it's going to be the first time that they're all out before the second round. Do you want to know what that tells me more than anything else? What the NBA is evolving. Yeah, it's they're evolving. Getting old. <laughs> That's what happens. It's, evol- it's when evolving. Jordan, but- when Jordan stopped going to the finals every year, it's because he was old. It's because the next generation was coming up. All right, I'm not trying to make this conversation the, the conversation about this too long. All I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. If this team, if next season this team comes back because nothing's going to, as much as I would want, I've looked at the free agents, agent list and in a future podcast, we're going to talk about free agents. In a future mm-hmm. podcast, we're going to talk about potential trades. Mm-hmm. In a future podcast, we're going to talk about the draft, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to happen this offseason 
that's going to make us the Golden State Warriors. Nothing's going to happen this offseason that's going to make us the Miami Heat. So this conversation is really not about this offseason. It may be about what we see next season, but I don't even think next season is going to show us that either. If next season we end up being like a top three seed, then yeah, we could probably be the Golden State Warriors. We could be the Toronto Raptors. But from what from my my vantage point, no, we're gonna have Julius Randle. We're gonna have R.J. Barrett. If I think they're, I think Julius Randle is gonna come back and do the same thing, and I think R.J. Barrett is gonna take another leap. I I don't think anybody is gonna be our Draymond Green, and I don't think R.J. Barrett is gonna be Clay Thompson. I'm not comparing every. But, but uh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm, 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 but I'm just, State. I'm just speaking. I'm just, I'm just speaking symbolically. Yeah. Right. I'm just thinking, speaking symbolically, because Julius Randle would be Steph Curry, and we both know that's not the, the games couldn't be any more different, right? right. I'm just saying, like that, that's not the, we're not building that team, right? This team is going to be Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, maybe Mitch, or one of IQ and Obi Toppin, and then we're gonna we're gonna sign or trade for guys to make us contenders. We don't know who's going to be on this team five years from now. If R.J. Barrett comes back next year and looks like absolute dirt, he's not going to be a part of the plans. You're right. But he is he going to come back and look like absolute dirt next season? Come on. I don't feel that way about Obi Toppin is what I'm saying. I don't feel that way about Emmanuel quickly. I, I don't, don't feel, feel that way about I don't, anybody that's a part of this young core. Which one of those guys like, is going to be Which one of those guys is going to be better than R.J. Barrett next season? We don't know. We don't know. The only, we is don't it gonna, know. We can't hold predict on. If that. No, no, no. You're right. We can't. But if you had to if you had to choose which one of those two guys, Emmanuel Quickly or Obi Toppin, is going to be better than RJ Barrett next year, which one would you choose? Quickly. Thank you. And that's the point I'm making. That's it. That, that's how we got it. That's that's it. That's 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 where we started off. We started talking talking about Obi Toppin, and then we got into this whole long thing about the big three and all that stuff. At the end of the day, the guy who's probably going to be the guy who we get who we trade because he plays well, we can sell him as sell him high while people are still not sure about what he's going to be. It's going to be Obi. Might we have to trade both Obi? Might we have to trade both? I'm not saying Obi's dirt though. Might we say the same thing about 100% what you're saying, but what I'm saying is we have to let things evolve before we start jumping to these conclusions. I don't see any of this stuff happening. And to, 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 to close the argument about the super teams and all that stuff and with being in within the last decade, yeah, the super teams, the teams that stack up the talent are the teams that win the championships most of the years. And us making trades for star talent like that is what would probably speed us to get a championship. But how many teams have we seen try to start super teams and fail? OKC with Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and all these other teams, Oladipo and West, Russell Westbrook, Miami with... Damn, I'm trying to. Why well, can't think of no, none of these teams no more? Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, Houston Rockets, Nash, Houston Rockets, Westbrook, and like, bro, yeah. we see this every year where teams try to make these big trades for these star players, and it just doesn't work out. And I yeah. don't want that to be what we trade all our young talent for. And I don't I think that's what I see our front office doing after one year of seeing Obi Toppin as a rookie. You, I, with you. 
right? I'm not saying go out to Liverpool and go some big hopes of being a super team. Clippers but, right now, Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah, but you do have to do your due diligence and get uh, – and I don't want to get rid of all of our young talent either, right? But am I going to say we can't give up on any of them because I don't know what they're going to be And when you have a Dame Lillard or you have a Kawhi exactly Leonard or, or you have – no, no, no. You don't do that because you know what's going to happen. The team is – unless you – strike gold and you're right because this is this is this is not an easy thing to where you could be like yeah these guys are going to be stars if it was that easy everybody would win the ring right you don't get tired of trading away young talent and seeing them flourish to other places you keep some and you trade away the others to get better it, it is what it is it is what it is french don't don't love them but also know that if you can have the opportunity to sell them high to get somebody good Who's going to get you that much closer to a ring? You do it and you don't hesitate. So we're gonna keep doing a Carmelo trade over and over. Repeat history. Oh my oh Lord. You know what you know what was wrong with the Carmelo trade? What was wrong with the Carmelo trade was because they gave up everything for Carmelo. Isn't when that they what could, we would have to do? I'm not saying to give up everything because the, the, the benefit is that we have a lot that we can give and still have. We have picks. We have young talent. We have cap space. You don't have to give it all up for one player. You don't. If you Trading give up Obi, if you give up Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly, but you still have your if you pick two guys in the draft this year. But you give up your future picks. The future is still bright. Trading for late Damian Lillard, for example, would take up cap space, draft picks. I don't want to get to Damian Lillard. Players. I don't want to get to Damian Lillard just yet. But he's just an example. Gonna, I'm not. I don't, I don't want to talk about Damian Lillard as a trade piece because I don't think it's happening. And I'm not paying no. Attention I don't think it's to happening it. either. He's going to be back in Portland next year with a new coach. Maybe next year we could have the Damian Lillard talk because I don't see any any real smoke. From that, from that, whatever you want to call it. But just using Lillard as an example, they saying that it's going to require three first round picks, three pick swaps, and two young players. And he's mm-hmm. with his contract being as high as it is, it's going to eat up a lot of our cap space. So we would have to basically trade everything for a start all over again, just like we did for Carmelo. What I am currently doing and what I was trying to look up while you were talking, I was looking up how many picks the Knicks have over the next five, five years. years. Seven. We have, we have all our picks plus the two Dallas picks. We have two first rounders in 2021 and two second rounders in 2021. You, you are we just talking first rounds? You want to talk second? Yeah, round I'm talking about seven. Screen? We have seven first round picks. All we have okay. a bunch of second round picks. I don't. So, I didn't even count all of them because we have like we picked we up like two, five. We have two in 2020. Year. We have two in 2021, right? So you're right. We have seven. How many picks did you say that we'd have to give give up? Three. 
And so, three pick swaps. Uh, so? What do you mean, so? If you ha- you still have a pick, right? Do you, you not, not remember the Carmelo trade? Bro, <laughs> like I remember the Carmelo trade, right? I probably remember it better than you. We gave up Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, Raymond Felton, Timothy Mozgov, picks. We gave up all of our young talent for Carmelo Anthony. I don't even remember who we kept. Now you telling me, you said we have to give up what? Three out of our seven first round picks over the next five years. And who else? Two of our young pieces. So one of Obi, one of Obi, quickly and Mitch, right? No, that, two. from what I, I'm saying. Oh, two of Obi, quickly and Mitch, right? Yeah. Either so IQ means, and Obi, yeah. IQ yeah. and Mitch, Obi and Mitch. Mm-hmm. One, one, one combination of those things, and not Kevin Knox and Frank. So it's either IQ and Obi or IQ and Mitch, right? Let's or say RJ. it's I. Let's say it's IQ and Obi. Right, you still have twenty. Who's going to be twenty-seven year old Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, and depending on what the pick is, you might have one of the picks from this year, and you might not. And Damian Lillard, and whoever you sign in free agency, it's not winning the title. Hypothetically speaking. Kawhi Leonard decides he doesn't want to go back to the Clippers. That's not happening. You think after I, all that shit he I, did to get to LA, he's going to just decide, I'm going to move across the country and come to New York? That's not I think happening. That Ka- I think that Kawhi Leonard in another lifetime would want to be a Nick. In another I think lifetime, Kawhi Leonard, I know, that, I know that Kawhi Leonard has indicated before that he would love to come to New York at one point in time. He planted roots in LA. He bought a home out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But I think he he's also wants leaving. to win. I think he also wants to win another ring. Do I think it's do I, do I agree with you ultimately? Yes, I agree with you ultimately. But that's why I I I pose it as a hypothetical question as opposed to being like, "Yo, what about Kawhi?" No, hypothetically speaking, we probably Kawhi got a Leonard, chance at Kawhi games. Leonard decides. You know what? I don't want to. I I don't want to rot on the L.A. Clippers as a losing team or a first round and out team because. That's the way it's going to look if they lose this first round. You do realize that, right? They don't have options if they if this team is not a championship team. Like, they have options to kind of get themselves out of the hole that they're in, but they don't have options to become a title contender. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. So, But he has multiple titles that, already. I don't think he has, he's moving across the country after planning, planning his life in L.A., making commercials with New Balance and all this, talking about he's the king of L.A. now. Like, he's not leaving L.A. after three years, after doing all that to get to L.A. I don't see it. Why? To come across the country where it's cold in New York. Just LeBron to win a title. LeBron did what? LeBron did everything to leave Cleveland and then came back to Cleveland and then left Cleveland again. He's from Cleveland. Not to say... Not to, but he also left Cleveland again to go to L.A. L.A. is not New York. <laughs> L.A. had look at all the talent that L.A. had: mm-hmm. Julius Randle, Cal Kuzma, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Larry Nance. Huh? 
Jordan Clarkson. All right, we're back. More technical difficulties. Sorry about that. But oh, wait, no, that's not how I wanted to do it. It was the mixtape podcast. Very good. Yeah, I'm just gonna try and just briefly wrap up what I was saying. All right, we had some Nick news that I think we should have talked about, but due to all the technical difficulties that we're having, and due to the lots of editing that we're probably going to have to do, I'm just going to mention these things and then we're going to move on. Knicks have been linked to or have called teams about Miles Turner, Kendrick Nunn, and Damian Lillard since they have been sent on permanent vacation from the Atlanta Hawks per Clint Capella. Temporary vacation. Well, for this season, it's permanent. They've also... There's also rumors that the Knicks are talking about trading up or are expected to trade up in the draft. I'm excited. Me and French have some guys that we are looking at that we think that the Knicks should pick up. I think that... I don't know if I said it on the podcast or if I said it before the podcast, but... I think French would agree. The Knicks need a point guard. Most important need on this team is point guard. Preferably a point guard that Tibbs likes, but that can also make the pass in the fast break. That can also make the pass in the half court. Who can do a lob for Mitchell Robinson or some other rim running big. And it's not going to miss the guys in the corners or behind the three-point line. I think we also need a guard, a starting guard slash forward or a wing. Somebody who can fill that Reggie Bullock role but be better than Reggie, Reggie Bullock, basically. Those are the two most important things the Knicks need. They need, a, they need two starters, point guard and somebody who can... Be on the wing next to RJ and can swap defensive roles with him if need be. I think the Knicks also need a big. I don't know, I don't think that Nerlens Noel is coming back. If Nerlens Noel comes back, maybe Mitchell Robinson doesn't come back. But I do think that they need a backup combo forward. Just in case one of Julius or Obi gets hurt, they have a guy who can fill the small forward spot and can also fill the power forward spot. We're not going to get into names because we're already running long. I also kind of wanted to talk about the fact that, hey, the Knicks at least took a game. Miami got swept, and they went out in the same round that LeBron James went out. I thought that was important to note. I also wanted to talk about how, yeah, Julius Randle had a bad seat, had a bad first playoffs, and I was going to name a bunch of players who also had bad playoffs. Not getting into that, but if you look and do your history, if you're a basketball fan and you look at some of the best players in the NBA, yeah, their their first playoffs were not as bad as Julius Randle's, but most of the names I looked at, 
the way they played in the playoffs in their first playoff series, unless they were like a Jimmy Butler who was on a playoff team to start and they saw everybody in front of them, playoffs was normal, and then they got in once they were good enough, and now, like, they playing better in the playoffs than they play. Unless you're that kind of guy, most guys, when they get in their first playoff series as the man, they don't play as well as they do in the regular season. I do believe Giannis and Tudukumpo's first playoff series was not a great one. Those are all the topics we kind of want to talk about today, but we didn't get to it. We could, we could run it back to. on the next episode when we're not tired. Nah, yeah, I feel like that's all stuff that we can still talk about. It is, but I'm not going to want to talk about it. Hey, we're going to be <laughs> short on news. Uh, I might... <clears throat> nah, we got stuff that we can talk about. We, like I said, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to brush up on the draft. We got free agency. I think we, we wanted to do a season recap. We didn't do that. I think we, sh- I think we should do a season recap just to kind of remind ourselves that this was not the team that we just saw in the playoffs is not the team that we saw all of regular season, and we're gonna, we should look back and see all of the examples of why that was not the same team. And I that we we can kind of then debate how much Atlanta had to do with that. I don't want to ever talk about Atlanta um, again until we got our roster for next season. If we talk about Atlanta, I want to be playing them. I don't want to just talk about them no more. They got me pissed. But God, bet some of y'all are doing some real dumb takes some. out there, and I advise y'all. To, I, I advise y'all to just relax. A lot of Knicks fans are weird, yo. Like, there's a weird section of the Knicks community that nobody wants to address, but they're just weird. People that want to go and attack people's family members on social media, punching, like, the opposing team's fans at Nick game, like, taunting, like, like, bro, like, I don't spitting on Trey Young. A lot of these fans are weird, yo. I like I, I didn't even tell you at game one we, we we saw like some Hawks fans get punched out in the in the staircase. I'm like, bro, it's a like it's a game, bro. Relax. That's these new uh, fans. Any authorities that are listening to this, we actually that actually did not happen. We didn't see anything. Don't ask us any. Questions. I saw everything. Um, yeah. Listen, that's part of the that's part of the game. When people stop going to all these, people get weird when. Their, the normalcy of life just stops for a long period of time. That this should is we should have expected this. Like yeah, you, you didn't expect nah, it, but we should have expected you this. You can't say that. When shit stopped and now everything is back. When everything is back, all of the all of the people who were like, yeah, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. All the excitement just makes you do dumb shit, and everybody is just wanting to do dumb shit at the same time because they had. All of this long ass time of just having to stay at home and not do anything. We should have expected it, but obviously we didn't because we expected us all to act like civilized human beings once no- once normalcy started to resume. It is what it is. You got anything to plug, uh, French? Nah. Stop being weirdos, fans. Shout out to all my homeboys that are haters that are not Knicks fans. I like talking to people like uh, that. You don't even know. Like my homeboy came into my house and was talking shit about the Knicks. I'm like, yo, you might have to leave, sir. You might have if to. They talking take shit. Take your ass somewhere else. It, it I don't know how you're gonna get there. Informed perspective. 
That's the only way we're going to debate. My homeboy, my homeboy is informed, but he also was talking shit. Who's his team? He doesn't have a team. He has a player. Exactly. So, shout out to him. You know who you are. You're always welcome in my crib. And uh, that's all we got. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate y'all. Some of y'all have taken the time to give me praises, give us praises. Some of you have listened but not said anything. We appreciate you too. But thank you everybody for listening. We've This is our 13th episode. We've been doing this for three months, French. Crazy. It don't even feel like it. No, it don't. And there are times where I get really like exhausted and I'm tired and I'm editing at two o'clock in the morning after I've been working and I got yeah, work in four hours and stuff like that. And there's times where it's like, yo, I you, maybe we should take a break for like three weeks, four weeks, and I'm like, you know, like if I could just recharge or whatever, but. Knowing that some of you guys are listening and actually appreciating what me and my brother have to give, it, it, it just recharges my battery and it makes me want to do this every week. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for all of your criticisms. Thank you for all your compliments. Thank you for just being there. And as long as I'm here, as long as I'm on this earth, as long as I'm willing to put forth the work on this podcast, I'm going to keep trying to make this podcast better and I'm going to keep trying to make more listeners and more followers and make more people come so that we can be better, so that you can have a better listening experience, so that you guys can be more informed as Knicks fans. And thank you. I love you. And real shit. I appreciate you. One last thing, Knicks fans. This is your moment. Be happy. Look to the stars. Look to the ceiling. Look at whatever you're looking up that's above you. And just thank God that you never have to watch one second more of Alfred Payton in a Knicks jersey. (laughs) Rejoice. Why I know this? Rejoice. It's time (laughs) for a new beginning. From Mr. Alfred Payton overseas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, that's all we got, y'all. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Peace. Yeah. What it do? That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening. Just so y'all know, we might not be back next week. Might be going on a slight vacation. We're going to try and put something out on Facebook or Twitter. But next week, there might not be an episode. We'll keep you updated. Keep keep looking at the Twitter. Keep looking at the Facebook. We'll let y'all know. Because while Jelani might be recharged, I need a fucking break. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to keep y'all in tune. Yeah. We're going to let y'all know sometime this week, either on Twitter, YouTube, whatever type of way that you're going to get this message, you're going to get it one way or another. Facts. All right. Peace.